We all know that real estate has created more millionaires than any other industry on the planet. We also know that it has created a lot of heartache due to mismanagement, overborrowing, and just simple life events that happen to all of us. Welcome to the Cash Flow Pro Podcast. My name is Casey Brown, and I am your fearless leader. And although we might be bourbon sipping and at times foul mouth Southerners, we will always do our best to be honest, straightforward, and due diligent with all of the information we pass along to you. Welcome to the show. Hey there, and welcome to today's episode of Cashflow Pro, your daily real estate investing podcast and YouTube channel. I'm here today with Richard Blank of Costa Rica's Call Center. Richard, how are you today? I'm doing great, Casey. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your program today. Absolutely, man. We're glad to have you here and we're glad to have a little different perspective on on things as you said that you don't really have any expertise in the real estate business nor the cash flow business, but you will bring value. You will tell a story. We will talk about entrepreneurship. We will talk about how you have built your company and what all you have going on. So why don't you uh, start out and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, Costa Rica's call center, and we will go from there. Uh, thanks, Casey. In fact, my story begins back in Northeast Philadelphia when I graduated the proud Abington High School back in 91. I chose to double down on my favorite language, which was Spanish. That took me to the yeah. University of Arizona to be a Spanish communication major. When I was 27, I had a one in a million opportunity to move to Costa Rica for just two months and work at my friend's call center. Well, two years uh, turned into so many years working with them, up to four years. When I learned the business from the inside and out, I decided to throw my hat in the ring in my mid-30s. started my own call center, and here we are today, almost 15 years in business. I have a 300-seat capacity center that I'm sitting on, and uh, it was a one in a million shot that actually paid off. So. Very happy to be here and answer any questions you have in regards to my industry and hopefully break some of those misconceptions people have in regards to telemarketers and call center owners. Yeah. And I know that, you know, the B2B world, the business to business world is a little bit different when you start talking about cold calling and reaching out because us as business owners tend to, I don't know if it, we understand that that's the way business gets done, right? I don't, I don't do business unless people call me or I'm able to call another business and like the sign company down the road, they don't do business unless I call them. And then when, if I have something to sell them, of course you can call them. So the B2B world and the call centers and stuff is, is understandable. But what intrigued me when we first started talking before, before the show, before we hit record was when we were talking about get, breaking down the gatekeepers or finding the gatekeepers or trying to, to get in with people that you want to talk to the decision makers that are involved in some of these deals. So I guess the first thing I'd like to know a little more about is, is the call center, maybe even the setup you all have and how it works. And then, you know, we can talk about some of those things. That's a, one of my favorite questions. We have a very nice infrastructure here, Casey. I have a server room, I have an IT support. I also have supervisors, quality assurance departments, and just tons of bilingual agents that are capable of making sales, appointment setting, lead generation, even back office support and customer support. But today and you I'm are in Costa Rica, right? I mean, is it physically in Costa Rica? That is correct. We're here in Barrio okay. Aranjuez, which is a suburb of San Jose. 
right smack God. dab in Central America, north of Panama and south yep. of Nicaragua. I love Costa. I love Costa Rica. I love it. I love it. I love the people. I love the area. I love everything about Costa Rica. Well, that's cool, Casey. Did you do some surfing? You have some fun when you were here? I, no, I'm not really built uh, like the surfing. I did more um, drinking. Is, <laughs> is more what I did. Hopefully, we on went the beach out, just chilling. That's great. Yeah, we were on the beach just chilling. We found a little, a little like a little restaurant that was just a little hole in the wall. It was right on the beach, mm-hmm. overlooking. Well, I can't remember the bay it was, but we were at the Ryu in. Um, can't think of the city, but anyway, we flew into. Um, is it uh, starts with an L? Liberia. Uh, Lisbon, in the uh, northern part of the country. Liberia, yes, yes. You're yes, up yes, in Juanacaste, yes. I'm sure. Correct. Juanacaste, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, Pira Vida. Everything is Pira Vida. So, anyhow, <laughs> well, sorry. To- go ahead. I just wanted to make sure we had the G- no, okay, geography. So I'm glad you brought right. that up because you got to think about nature and nurture. I mean, A, nature, they're from here and nurture the way that I train them and oversee and motivate them. So, they're coming to the table bilingual, which bears the mark of higher education. You've been in Costa Rica. We we're known for our neutral accents. And in business, we have the best infrastructure in a democratic society in Central America. So there's no standing army. We have a 95% literacy rate, a a very large labor pool with skill sets. Uh, Amazon is here, HP, Intel, and Oracle. So those are the sort of caliber agents that we're able to dedicate for your project. Now, in, in regards to Working with them, mind you, being bilingual is 10 times harder than any project I'm going to put them on. So we put fear in perspective. A lot of the times I prefer to have someone that has no call center experience so I can mold them. They don't come in with bad habits. It's very easy to teach a CRM and phone system. And also we created a very nice company culture. I believe in gamification. Casey, I'm an avid collector of classic American pinball machines and rock colas. So we have a game room downstairs where people can let off steam, recharge batteries, hang out with me and reduce our attrition because they make best friends. And by going old school, breaking bread, giving you your dignity, extending empathy, knowing your name and investing in you, I've been able to withstand any sort of storms and to grow a company larger than my wildest expectations. It, it can be happen if you just show very good leadership. Since I am a guest in this country, I just wanted to feed families and extend that sort of uh, appreciation for the opportunities sure. that were given to me here. Sure. Yeah. Um, they, you know, that's, and that's, that's something I think that gets lost in the cold calling world. Okay. okay. Because, and, and I had, I, I recently went through this with the real estate sales business, right? I found a girl who I didn't really, she was just so, so Uh, she was really good communicator, really good talker, really could really get her point across really fast. But the, the issue with calling Americans is if you have the tiniest twinge of accent, as soon as you, as soon as they answer the phone, it's boom. And we got more hang up. It was just a very frustrating process. And so I'm assuming that when you said that, and I don't, I don't guess I remember the, 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 uh, the, the accent being 
very neutral in coaster. I, I'm sure obviously you're telling me, so it's, so it is that I just don't necessarily remember that aspect, but it, it, it's, that's very, very big. And a lot of people don't realize how those small things add up and, and how they, those small things can add up over scale when you're trying to get when you're trying to make phone calls. Well, allow me to assist you in that. There's a couple of crows uh, I've cracked. I believe in accents like a beauty mark. It, it's just, uh, you know, really enhances your mm -hmm. English levels. As long as you have grammar and vocabulary and active listening, the accent once again is your special sauce. So I think that's okay. Now, secondly, okay. we were discussing that getting into a company may be complicated. It's challenging. I have suggestions that work over multiple verticals. It's in your industry, insurance, real estate, a cash advance, you name it, but it works and it's not gonna compromise ethics, values, and morals. First is depending on the list size. If you're not just in a predictive dialer and you have the luxury of due diligence, my suggestion is to look at a website or a LinkedIn profile because you can custom make the call. You can talk about a promotion, a uh, company culture, any sort of thing that you can congratulate them on. But that's one thing. That's just ammunition that you'll be using down the road to build rapport. That's sales. Yep. Well, I mean, you, you, you know, yeah, right on the money. And, you, and your folks do that. You, your folks individually do, do, the, do they have the, on the time project, for the diligence? A lot of the times you'll load up 10,000 numbers in a predictive dialer. And all we have to do, and this was my next step for you, depending on the list size, is to use your anonymity as your first impression. If you're anonymous the entire phone call, Casey, that's extremely shady. But I believe if you're gonna be, let's say a mystery shopper, somebody trying to break that barrier, reduce stress, or get that gatekeeper, as you say, out of the trance, my suggestion is to do a company name spike. So I'll say, hey, how's Cashflow Flow doing today? And I'm gonna ask about the name of your company, how it's doing today, not you directly. And I'm going to say okay. the name of your company better than you do. So what that does is, is to take it from a 10 to about a five in regards to resistance. And then usually somebody will ask my name. And that's where we use a buffer boomerang technique. They might have a negative tone. And so this technique that I have here, a buffer boomerang, is where we will capture your negative tone. I will name drop the gatekeeper. I will let them know it's an excellent question. Repeat the question to show active listening and then send it back to them in a positive tone. So I can always readjust the sort of environment. Now that the individual likes me and I get the permission or the pass to pitch, as we say, prior to the transferred call to you, Casey, I'm gonna let this individual know how helpful they were and that I'm gonna give them a verbal positive escalation. And so when I get transferred, instead of doing the name drop of the company again, I'm gonna give the gift of this positive escalation of the individual that assisted me. And that's usually when you okay. ask me the buffer boomerang question of my name. And so these are the sort of things in the beginning, not saying it's a guaranteed sale. All I'm doing is helping you land your intro. I'm getting yeah. the gatekeeper out of a trance, putting you in a certain frame of mind, name dropping, passing it along and getting permissions. And so now you're at about a 20% resistance, which is an excellent way to begin a phone call. And then you're allowed. Hopefully you bought yourself 30 seconds to at least a couple minutes of a chance yeah. to make your case. And then that's where I think you should begin. Interesting, very interesting, very detailed. And I don't know that I really know of another call center that I've ever dealt with that has that level of detail 
as far as just the little things and it's obvious that you all have had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of calls to practice this Casey, to work this is like it. foul shot percentage compared to half court but i didn't give yeah. you the million dollar one just because you're my friend i'm gonna throw it in there i did right. mention That's verbally how this individual yeah. assisted me prior to the call which was good faith you like me you let me pitch when i send an email to you i'm going to do it in writing so there's a written positive escalation it shows good faith before a contract if i happen to call your company back what gatekeeper this individual loves me they recognize yeah. my name they thanked me for that positive escalation they're probably going to tell me five more things about you casey before they happily transfer me or possibly give me direct extensions or sell numbers so it might be a second or third touch approach but you're not angling in there you're not lying what you're doing is increasing your percentages by about 80% to get that pass to pitch, use that good faith and positive escalations in case you need to give a phone call back. Yeah. Now, the other question that I have, and this this may be a, a part of this process that you're not as involved in, but I, I, I got to think you have some answers to this part of it, sure. is the list. Um, when you're reaching out cold mm -hmm. where did okay i want to i want to i want to call all accredited investors that live in milwaukee wisconsin um and i i have i, I have this list i mean and, and are, are we talking about cold outreach like this this process that you just walked us through is this like they've never heard of my company they've never seen me or is this they've opted into something and want us to call what that, what are we up to you I, i'm not sure if it's a double opted in data list that's a warm list if it's a cold list that's fine too the question is how old is the list how updated is it and is it beat to death so where do you just yeah. even take a breath they're hanging up on you uh the list yeah. is about a pitch over a plate is it a wiffle ball? Is it a fastball or softball? And where is it landing? Can you nail it? And yeah. you also forget about the list. Think about the soldier. Rifles aren't working, food tastes bad, and the boots are too tight. You have low morale and possibly desertion and attrition rate. So as much as you want you to push right. something on the people, you have to make sure that they're on a level playing field. And you're giving them lists that have been scrubbed that are updated, but if you and I, Casey, have to do a little bit of due diligence or, or you know, any sort of skip tracing to update okay. third-party information, that's fine too. But that does take away of the call count during the day and the rhythm of the people. So all of those things, my friend, need to be taken into consideration. So where do, where, where do you, where's the best place to buy? Because the thing that we've run into, especially in the real estate sales business, mm -hmm. is the quality of the data. The quality of the data is horrible. Number two, now this is going to be a two-part question because both of these things come into play, is it seems that every call that comes from any type of robo-dialer gets flagged as spam on my cell phone. Okay. Um, that was a little bit that that took me down just a little bit I, and i don't i don't want to i just am trying to get through 
this mentally to see the picture of saying, hey, these are the answers. So number one, where does the list come from? What data sources do you all recommend, use, whatever? And then number two, how how are you handling the the spam markings on the cell phones? Okay. I do not supply the list to the clients. I have some lead brokers that I recommend that I are the friends of mine and that are honest okay. individuals. And, um, but it's different. I don't want to be accountable for a bad list. No, no, no. And that's what I kind of figured. And I figured, but, 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 you know, these, even the list brokers anymore, Mm -hmm. which I've used several of them, um, man, it just, the data always seems to be just mediocre. And I don't know if that's just a, an industry expectation that maybe you get a, a set of a thousand phone numbers and only... It depends on the price. And I've seen people go so cheap where someone's been dead for 10 years and you feel bad yeah. about it. And so I think leads have shelf lives. Like when you used to call for the real estate business, cancels and expires, I kind of like those better than FISBOs. Because when you got the Sunday FISBO list out of the newspaper, those people... They're getting tons of calls. They feel the market's hot. My favorite were the expireds and the cancels because yep. they tested some agents. You know, someone didn't buy their house. I can call them in a very grounded, humble way, and we can have a normal conversation. And so maybe they actually get a letter from my office. We we send a we send a letter signed with blue ink, um, stamped, mm -hmm. very personal. So you're right. And, and because those folks have been warmed up by other means, they're in a different spot. Um, and you're right. You're, I can't even begin to tell you how right you are when you talk about the cost. And the cost of good data is the exchange for the hours it takes people to compile that data. Because some of that data can be done computer wise, but some of it has to be some of it has to be physical people seeing what's going on to put stuff together. And that costs. How about this? Like Blake was telling everyone in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, that the leads are good and he can make 15 grand in two hours, even though Jack Lemon said the leads were weak. The leads could be <laughs> severely weak. I could be calling for an ice cream company and it's a bike company. Your lead is way off unless they are yeah. or looking for cash advances or something like that. But let's just say the list is old enough where someone retired, the company downsized were bought out, or you just get transferred because the number changed into the mailroom or another department. Those leads could still be good, possibly better. Once again, the positive escalation. The more that I get transferred around, even if it's not Casey directly, but three people prior, even though I don't have his number because it's old or it's a new number at a new location. Wait till I get you on the phone. I'm going to talk to you about Billy in the, in the, you know, the, the mail room, Catherine who answered the phone and Tom who's in it. I finally got yeah. you and you're going to laugh and say, how did you speak to all these people? And so ah. it, as long as you can, as I said, skip tracing third party information, updating, you're not making 150 calls a day. Now you might be at 115 because you're fixing the list. It could be just something that's a car that just needs to be worked on a little bit, a tire change. And I can see the validity of a list 
it's good. It just might not be so updated. But then on the flip side, I might have never had a chance to speak to three of your people, which will reduce your defense by me seven minutes. And I got three positive and written escalations that no other guy did. And so really look at it like that and how we're doing it. And if you're thinking that every list is just going to be people waiting by the phone with credit card at the ready, everybody wants those leads. You got to Indiana Jones it. Sometimes you got to dig and zig and zag to be able to get that treasure and get out of there. And so maybe some, that's why I mentioned looking at websites and looking at LinkedIn profiles. It takes 30 seconds to a minute, reduces call count, but you could be updating that list, which is 70% done. And instead of spending $5 a lead, now you're doing $2 a lead, spending 30 seconds to look something up and use that money for incentives. So you got to look at it that way too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, I think a lot of people come into these businesses. I, I know people that are new to the cold calling and new to basically any type of lead generation. What I have found in trying to teach some of this from my perspective is, is a lot of people's expectations are like, like you just said, they expect like somebody to answer the phone and say, oh my God, yes, I was just sitting here waiting for you to call because I'm ready to list my house right now. The wolf of Wall uh, can Street. you come over? One yeah. Can call you come calls. over? Yeah. Can you come over in an hour and I'll sign documents and it's just as good as a check. Um, you do and get so, those though every now and again. That's right. But you have to go through 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 others to get to that one. Yeah, you're right. Every you once in a while. Hard pack. You get your gum, but you might get an all-star. I don't know. You tell me. That's right. That's right. You just, But you don't know unless you try. So that's why you got to build start, up to it, my friend. I don't know what sort right. of onboarding, training, rebuttals, rhetoric, quality assurance, and dedicated practice that these agents were doing. If you're expecting yep. plug and play, you're not going to have a very strong army. Well, this this whole escalation, positive escalation, um, jazz is really jazz. It's it's the good stuff. I mean, because that's exactly what you have to do. You take somebody's negative and you push it back into their head is a positive and once you start i feel like once you start building them up and make the call or make the transaction or make whatever about them not about you it's about them and their needs that's when things tend to flip that's when the script flips and you're able to to really move towards closing so let's talk a little bit about when you make the call you said you make the call you're, you're working with them, you're talking to them, or your, your, your agents or your, your call center employees are working in the middle of pinball games. Um, they get a, get a warm lead. Hey, you know, my husband and I were just sitting around talking yesterday. We think, you know, we're, we're thinking about, we might put the house on the market in a couple of weeks. What happens to that call right then? Depending on the client, I love red bat phones. Sometimes we do hot lead transfers. And we stay on the line to do a warm transfer. Keep them ready until you pick up, do the proper introduction, Casey. Mr. Jones is on the phone <laughs> and he wants to sell his house, three bedrooms, two baths on Main Street. I'll stay on the line for just to make sure. And then a lot of the times our agents after the transfer. And then once again, Mr. Jones is going to tell you how amazing I was. So I get my positive escalation. Yep. I'm going to With stay me, online yeah. and I'm going to be on mute so I can listen to Casey close and which will enable me to qualify the leads better, understand your system better, 
you'll yeah. give me a chance to breathe because I just brought one in, let him hang out for a minute in the locker room and see what Casey can do. And so yeah. um, that's the sort of shadowing that we do from mentors like yourself and how you're investing Man, in the agent to take the ball further down the field for touchdowns. That's right. That's or I'll right. do an online totally. calendar or I'll send something and do a follow-up call. And a lot of the times, Casey, let's say you're showing up tomorrow, I'm going to call an hour prior before you hop in your car just to make sure Mr. Jones is ready. Pen at the ready, papers at the ready, lemonade to refresh you after your long drive and, and to get things going. And so we keep that momentum and we don't let them think they're a one and a done. This is a concierge service that you're extending to them. You're not well, the kind of guy that's flipping homes. And that was my big mistake was not treating that initial call as a concierge service. I was treating that initial call. I, we don't, we weren't even, I, I was so green at it and so dumb at it, if you will, that we didn't like, we were doing no pre-qualification. My girl was simply saying, Hey, this is, I can't remember. She worked for me for a couple of months. I can't remember her name. Uh, this is just, this is Jen with Casey Brown. Uh, we were wondering if you wanted, to, if you were interested in selling your house or not, you know, or or if you knew anybody that was, or that that is interested in selling. I mean, something along those lines. And so there was there was basically no chance for us. And then you threw the accent on top of that, which again, the Filipino people are 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 very near and dear to my heart. So I don't mean anything any of my girls that may listen to this or, or edit this or whatever, please know that I, I, I love you all and always will. Uh, but that you threw that accent on top of that, it just led to phones getting slammed down and that was the end of it. And so, but again, when you start talking about it and you start placing it under the umbrella of being a concierge that changes it completely changes it. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it makes it easier yeah. for the agents so they can jump clouds. They're not forcing right. fits and they're not burning out. That's important for them. Hi, this is Casey Brown, host of the Cashflow Pro podcast and YouTube channel. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate but just don't know where to begin? I'd like to help by inviting you to check out our website at www.3000capital.com. There you will find an array of material that will help you learn all about real estate syndication. And while you're there, be sure to check out our free video series download titled Five Must-Know Keys to Success in Passive Real Estate Investing. I'd also like to personally thank you for making Cashflow Pro part of your day. Now, back to the show. That's right. So obviously all of this stuff has a, has a pretty sizable size. I'm sure a sizable cost with it. Um, the, the, but so you all take it in like an Excel spreadsheet and then upload it into your dialer and then go from there. If you're using our infrastructure, a lot of the times we'll be logging into the client system. Either way, it's very important for us to be able to have access to the recordings so we can grade and coach them accordingly. And then once again, if a lead comes in, they're accountable for it and we can send it to you. So prior to the meeting, you might be able to listen to the buildup as well and the sort of things that were brought up that will assist you to close the deal. But, um, you know, it's really an investment in the process. It's really important that you have a script that, as you say, you're just not grinding the calls and you'll get your numbers. But there is a finesse to it. You just weren't polished then. You just didn't have the experience to know when to cut the fat and use certain semantics 
be a little more diplomatic and strategic to move things forward yeah. a little bit more, asking open-ended questions, a little more yeah. active listening, well, you know? And then I had a little bit of a cultural bar barrier trying to explain those things. Like what? To yeah. exactly what you just said, semantics and using open-ended questions. I mean, because these, like when you, when you start dealing with, and, and my issue with dealing with the, the couple of Filipino girls that I had was, was explaining why things mean different, what explaining how things were different over here. Like when they said, would say, I'm, I'm trying to even think of an example, like they couldn't, they just didn't have any feeling behind talking, if that makes sense. And they were like, what do you mean feeling what? And I'm like, listen, no, you have to let these people know that you care. You have to let them know that, 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 that this call is about them. What, what do you mean about that? I mean, and they were just like, no, we want to get. And, and so it was, it was really a cultural thing. I think where they're, they're in a fat, like, people think the United States is fast paced, man, you ought to hear those. Some of those girls over there, they just boom, 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 boom. And if they're not rocking through numbers, like they would judge their day based on how many calls they could make. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter at the end of the day, it didn't matter what the, what, what happened after that. They just knew they had to make these calls. And you're looking at offshore centers, India, Philippines, Middle East, compared to the near shore, which is Costa Rica. We're on mountain time yeah. zone a couple hours away. And I guess you would say that we're more attuned to the North American market in that way. A lot of my agents have lived in the United States, have family there, or just know a lot of people like myself that have moved to Costa Rica and made it our home. Sure. And so, Man, I tell you what, the Americans that have, that have gone to Costa Rica and that I know personally, that I know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's like five or six families that I know personally. And I'm like, you know, and I'm pretty, pretty me middle of the road kind of guy. So I got to think, Hey, if I know five or six people, my God, some of these, I mean, Costa Rica must just run. I've heard there's a housing crisis. Um, I think things are really high down there right now. Right. Cause I, COVID hit them hard, hard, hard. And then it's like all of a sudden it, it just one day it was life back to normal plus some, right? Exactly. And you got to know where to look. You got to know who to talk to. There are some deals sure. down here, and it's still about a third of the cost of the United States. But yeah, yes. COVID packed its yes. punch with the restrictions and regulations. And, you know, in fact, let's talk about my center for a second. We're a brick and mortar. We have internet redundancy, a backup generator, and immediate IT support. I was fortunate enough in my industry to have the majority of my agents. I sent 80% of them home. I lost a few accounts and reduced a few, but the fact that I didn't go out of business and I was flexible enough to be able to handle that. But you lost something. There's synergy here. We were mentioning breaking bread and pinball machines. Well, if 80% of the people are home, you know, where's that positive reinforcement? I miss that. That's right. And that's my own. That's right. That, that's the gravy. That's my dessert is when I get to walk the rows and spend time with the individuals that work with me and put wind in my sail. Yeah. So we kind of lost that a little bit. And now, when you want to scale and recruit, there is leverage. It is a seller's market. And some of these phenomenal agents are specifically asking to work from home, which I have no problem with. But Casey, prior to sending you home and never seeing you again, can you at least come in for a couple of days so I can meet you and sit in the cubicle yeah. with you? And, and then I'll send sure. you off. But I, I, I don't want to have a virtual relationship. I still want to have a company culture where people know one another and can support each other. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, Richard, thank you so much for the talk. I, I know that this has been very educational for a lot of people to kind of get a peek behind the call. Because, you know, cold calling in this business, especially in the capital raising business, well, really from two fronts, you've got the capital raising side of things, and then you've got the property search side of things. And that could even include calling agents. You know, we were talking about from a real estate agent's perspective, calling potential listings or people ready to sell their properties. But from the capital raising and the and the commercial real estate side, that could mean us as as fund managers or us as 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 syndicators calling agents, a list of agents saying, "Hey, do you have any properties available?" So all of that definitely plays into this big uh, conglomerate, and 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 we're definitely going to put all of your information in the show notes. But well, thanks, before we uh, before we get ready to uh, to get off the call today, I would like to ask you a couple of questions. And the first of those questions is, what is the best book that you have recently read or are currently reading? My favorite book is Anthony Adverse. It's from Harvey Allen in the 1930s. It's very long. It's 1,234 pages, but I think you'll enjoy it. Wow. That's uh, yeah, I, that, that's uh and, and that's a good one. That's the first time we've ever had that one. So, all right. Well, the next question is uh, what is a dream vacation that you have taken or hope to take? Oh, a dream vacation. I guess it would be skiing because I haven't seen snow in decades. So I'd like to go back <laughs> and, and play in the snow. My wife is Costa Rican. So she gets to ski for the first time. I want to build snowmen, go sledding, have snowball fights, do the whole shebang. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, if you've been in Costa Rica, you definitely haven't seen snow. You bet the, I think people in Arizona have probably seen snow since the last time you have. So, um, awesome. Well, listen, Richard, how can the listeners, if they heard something, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about your programs, what you all have available, what you have to offer, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, just like you, they can buy a plane ticket and fly down here and come visit me. I got it. And Hey, the best part is Southwest flies right into, uh, Liberia, Liberia, Liberia. Uh huh. Or you can fly into uh, San Jose in our international yep. airport there too. Yep. Uh, your audience could give me a call, 888 And we have a very large Facebook fan page, 100,000 local Costa wow. Rican Ticos. And it will give your audience a pulse on the market here. And they're going to, can't wait to meet you. And I just wanted to leave your audience with just a couple few more nuggets. Just, just to like, make sure you repeat your information in military alphabet. It might prolong a conversation. A lot of people have served and are very proud of the military. So emails don't bounce back and don't be afraid to ask the spellings of very unique and exotic names. People take that as a compliment. Secondly, if you're going to be leaving voicemails or doing email templates to prospect business, once again, do your due diligence. There is going to be one thing that you're going to see on a LinkedIn profile that will separate you from others. I mentioned the positive escalation. If someone tells you to send the email, that should be done or a voicemail. But if you don't have that, then you should find something that the company culture is extremely proud of. And just mentioning it, once again, you're increasing your percentages and your odds of doing that. And Casey, I can't thank you enough. It's a lot of fun to be on your podcast. You do excellent work. It inspired me enough to reach out to you. And I hope that I was able to break any sort of misconceptions of what a professional telemarketer is like. We're all not selling stock or real estate in these boiler rooms. And a lot of these individuals yep. here earn a very good living and are very proud of answering and receiving phone calls. Well, awesome. Well, Richard, thank you so much for being with us today. And listeners, I hope you took something out of this and give Richard a call, uh, Costa Rica's call center. 
they will be glad to hear from you if you're looking for that or have a need for cold calling in your business or daily life. Maybe you're looking for a date and he'll line it up and he'll call them out. So awesome. Listen, Richard, thank you again. And listeners, please head down and leave us a five-star review and also type a review so that others may know what we're talking about here on the Cashflow Pro and what you liked about it. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified when we release new content, new episodes, and you will always stay up to date with Cashflow Pro. And again, Richard, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Cashflow Pro is hosted by Casey Brown, founder and CEO of 3000 Capital, a commercial real estate investment firm committed to providing its investors with ongoing cash flow and helping them build long-term wealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified about all our future episodes. You can find more information about us and our investment philosophy by clicking the link in the show notes below. Thanks for listening.